Gallagher, Jan Pesson, and this is Bitchin' About Food, our podcast. Jan, it's been a hot minute since we've podcasted. I know, it's you know, been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. you know, it's the summertime, man. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. It's just Jan and me today. Um, so welcome back to our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for calling us and telling us how much you enjoy the podcast. We enjoy doing it too. Housekeeping time. Uh, we Jan and I have a thing. We were invited over to a couple's house, and we're not going to name them. And he cooked, and it was delicious. And we found out later on that he wasn't particularly happy with the food, and all of us were happy. And then the same exact thing happened to you recently, where you had a bunch of people over for your famous lamb chops. We all thought they were delicious. You were not happy about them. So the question is, what does the audience know and when do they know it? Is the party a success if the host or hostess is not happy with the food, but all the guests are? The theme of both dinners was I, the cook, in this case, our friend, her her boyfriend, and you, in the second case, I know this can be better and I'm disappointed. What do you think? I'm sorry, were you talking to me? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Don't joking. Don't be a bitch. I'm not, you know, I, 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 listen, I think it's a successful dinner party if people come, they have a good time, they enjoyed the food, and then everyone's happy. You know, the, the thing about being a host, <clears throat> especially something that you prepare um, quite, you know, that you've prepared many times, excuse me, <clears throat> I have to clear my throat, and for some reason, it doesn't come out as well as it usually does, or you don't think it's come out as well as it usually does, that can be hard because you know you have a certain level of making something. Yeah. It's sort of a signature thing that you make. So when it doesn't come out exactly the way you want it to, it, it's difficult. That but what if, be difficult. But what if the guests don't notice or care? What, what does that, what is that, like, why do we put this pressure? Well, I just assume they're lying. <laughs> so I think that they're just full of shit and they're just really? saying that because what are they going to say so I ate this five sucks. I ate five lamb chops the other night in a lie um, <laughs> yeah I can see you doing that actually so that's fine god you're a bitch from hell no I they mean, were delicious they were fine it's just when I take them off the grill and then they're not cooked enough and I have to put them back on the grill that's yeah, a that, fail th that's a fail really that's a fail that's really mm-hmm why yeah. on earth is that a fail? Why? Because they need to be cooked at once to achieve that sort of perfection of charred on the outside and rarish on the inside. So, so putting them back on the grill for like a minute, which is what you did, obliterates the possibility of that happening? Right, because you're going to overcook them. Hmm. That's what's going to happen. They're going to be overcooked. It's not going to be exactly right. So there you go. Yeah. But that's fine. It's fine. You know. Yeah. It's it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's the stress of entertaining. It really is. Well, it's entertaining just like, is stressful because it can go south at any minute. You just want to be. You just want. You want to do your thing. You want to sit down. You want to relax for five minutes, and you can't because oh, this one's not done enough. You yeah, know. I know. Well, listen. I'm having you over for pizza tonight with our neighbors and Dean, and I'm making two different kinds of pizza because I'm working on my Detroit pizza. I ordered my special Detroit pizza pan from Amazon, and I ordered brick cheese from Wisconsin, and I did a prototype a couple of weeks ago, 
And I, I said to you the other day, I go, I'm having a regular pizza. I go, I go, Jan, I'm having a regular pizza and a Detroit pizza. I'm working on the recipe. I'm par-baking the crust. And then Jan goes, I only want regular pizza because mom and I don't like that Detroit thing you coughed up the other day. I'm like, fuck, I'm already in the hostess hole because you know you don't like the pizza. It's not, it's not that I didn't, I don't think mom liked it that much, but it really didn't agree with me. Yeah, it's a lot of cheese. So maybe I don't know. It's but, a lot of cheese. But it, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It didn't agree happy. with me. Yeah, that's okay. It agreed with me while I was eating it. It just didn't agree with me after. Yeah. So. Well, we had a fabulous meal with the Deanster a couple of weeks ago at Jamay, one of our favorite places. Oh, that was so good. In El Segundo, Jamay, J-A-M-E. For those of you who live in LA, get there. I want to interview those guys and find out how they do their chicken parm, which Dean is- It was is really good. So good. Yeah. So good. Are we so happy? Um, let me just address one thing. My sister, Pam, who is an avid listener- Hi Pam, an avid supporter. Hi Pam. Um, oh yeah, you have to, you have an amend, You have to make an amends. I do because I sh- I know that she goes and eats at Olive Garden. <laughs> and you Quite. said everybody who eats at Olive Garden <laughs> is, is a moron. moron. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to backtrack on that oh, just for a second. Sorry, and Pam. Say that not um, you. You know, most people who eat at Olive Garden are morons. Pam and Not. my late my late mother loved Olive Garden. Okay. But but it's it's actually for the money, the salads are good. I get it. I get why you go to the Olive Garden yeah. and uh my sister is far from a moron. Yeah, so let me go. just say mea copa there. Okay. Anyway. All right. All right, moving on. But the big news is I went to Chicago. That's right. And I took a microphone with me that um is not great and it's entirely my fault because I didn't really properly know how to use the mic. But maybe Will can chime in here because I think maybe I need to get like a really fancy portable podcast setup because we have a lot of people that want to do the podcast and I I don't really want to do a Zoom thing. But I've heard other podcasters do Zoom and the quality seems fine, better than this. So we'll see. But but we're going to give it a shot and see what we can do here. Will also has a friend who can clean up static and bad podcasting. So maybe we're going to reach out to him. But Will, before you um, start with all this, talk about your burger thing. I, Will's going to um, Iowa because he's got this burger thing going on. What? I can't believe you've kept it from us this whole time. Christine and I took a road trip to the Southwest not too long ago. And the whole idea was we're going on a hamburger tasting tour. So the plan was we kind of, we organized our trip around these little towns. And So you researched where you were going to go. You didn't just get in the car and drive. Well, we did. And then in each motel, we would just be on our iPhones <laughs> mapping out the next day. Hoping for and Wi-Fi. Just kind of like battling. <laughs> oh, I found one. Oh, did you find Roy's off the, off the 62? I got Roy's, you know. I got... <laughs> and, uh, but wait a second. So how often were you disappointed in the burger at the end of the day? There was only one place that was like disgusting. Really? Uh, all of them were either like B pluses or A's. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good track record. Yeah. yeah. The best place was uh, Rock and Beezy Burgers. Where's that? In uh, New Mexico. <gasps> in, uh, God, I'm not going to remember the name. Oh, uh, Google. Alamogordo. Google it, people. Rock and Beezy Burgers in mm. Alamogordo, New Mexico. Yes. What made it so good? The hatch chilies? Yes. See? But the, but the bread was like doughy. And yes. Just, I don't know. We're was, in. Amazing. We're in. All right. Yes. What's your Instagram handle so people can follow your burger? Roadside with cheese. Roadside. Mm. So it's at Roadside with cheese to follow Will's adventures yes. in Iowa. Going to Iowa. Are you driving from here to Iowa? So we're flying to Iowa. Gotcha. And then we're going to drive around. 
four or five days. And then drive back. And familiar <laughs> well, I was on a Midwest journey, and I'll tell you the story. I've never been confronted with an angry mob before, ever. So I, so I'm part of a rental car. I, I'm in a rental car. It's called a like a premier member or something like that. I can't remember what it is. It doesn't cost a dime. This uh, is for dollar rental car. Yeah, I'm a premier. Uh, I think that's an oxymoron. Yeah. I don't think you can be. No, a premier it's like a member. special. You just get a benefit, like a special benefit uh-huh. member. You know, nothing costs nothing. So every airport is different. A dollar. Yeah, every airport is different. They have like the regular line, and then in the parking structure itself, there's a kiosk. And if you're a special member, you go right to the kiosk. And when Dean and I went to Portland, you know, there's a girl in the kiosk goes, hi, welcome, you're a special member, here's some water, here's some snacks, we love you, blah, blah, blah. In O'Hare, there's a staffing issue. The kiosk is usually always closed. Sure enough, this time I go to the kiosk, there's a woman sitting there, she goes, closed. I'm like, yeah, but there's like 50 people in line at the counter, because there was. And she said, no, go to the special, go to the special line over on the side. And I'm like, special line? So I go back to the counter. And I'm telling you, there's 50 people in line. And I see a, a one woman way over on the side, and she's helping somebody. And I lean into her and I say, excuse me, is this a line for the special members? And she goes, yeah, just wait right here. I'm helping these people. And I hear this voice, ma'am, ma'am. And I turn around and all these people in line are staring me down. I've never seen it before, this angry mob mentality. This woman goes, we're all waiting in line here. And I'm like, oh, well, I said, I'm a special member. I said, they told me at this kiosk to go in this special line. I'm a sp-. I said, are you guys special members? No. I said, well, I don't want to tell you. I said, look, they're so busy here. They're probably just going to send me to the end of this line. But that's not what happened. They, this woman immediately processed me. And I was like, bah. So then she says to me, she goes, she goes, would you like an upgrade to a sportier car? I'm like, well, not really. I just like my little tiny whatever. I like an economy car. She goes, oh, no, it's an upgrade. It's, um, I said, well, what kind of car is it? It's not an SUV. She goes, no, no, it's called a Dodge Challenger. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I have no idea what this is. I get down to the, to the thing. Jan, it's like this giant muscle car. It's, you know what a Dodge Challenger is? Yeah. yeah. Dean goes, time for some neighborhood takeovers. It's those cars that you see on the news where they drive and they spin around and do these donuts. This thing looks like the Fonzie is going to pull up in it. It's it's a 2022 huge ass. And I have bad, I'm not a great driver. I have bad spatial orientation. I'm going to do a lot of city driving. I'm like, fuck. But then I thought, what am I going to do? Go back and face that angry mob. So I sucked it up and I did it. And I have to tell you, I kind of fell in love with that car because all you do is push on the accelerator and you're going 90 miles an hour. It's the craziest thing ever in the planet. Do you know about this car? Uh, I do know about it. Uh, never really. <sighs> I pull up to my brother's house. The first thing my sister-in-law says to me is, look, our son is home. It was so funny. It looks like a guy. And then my brother, my brother, who you'll hear, he's the quietest, most, you know, very shy person. He goes, can I take that thing for a ride? I'm like, what? I couldn't believe it. Anyway, that's my muscle car story. So I recorded five little snippets, and Will's going to play the first one now. Um, and these, this is the first time Jan has ever heard these. So we're going to just uh, start off with Jan's sister, Holly. And, um, and then after Holly, we'll just have a brief moment with Holly. This was really fun talking to Holly, your sister. Was it? Yeah. 
Of course it was. She's my sister. <laughs> of course it was fun. Sorry for the audio, people. Yeah, well, listen, people, this is Kath remotely in a leafy suburb of Chicago, the North Shore. And I'm here with Jan's beautiful sister, Holly. Jan has two sisters. This is Jan's you're, old, you're older than Jan, a little bit older than Jan. It depends who you ask. <laughs> I'm here with Holly, who lives in a leafy suburb of Chicago with her wonderful Menchie husband, Elias. And um, so we're just here real quick to try something remote with this new microphone that looks like a furry animal is hanging off of my phone. But our beloved engineer, Will, recommended it because apparently it cuts out all the ambient noise. But it's so quiet here in this leafy suburb that shall remain nameless. <laughs> we don't have any ambient noise to cut out. But anyway, um, Holly, welcome and thank you for doing this. I mean, you know, you have me over to your house and I'm like, hi, you want to do some podcasting? You're like, eh, eh, whatever. Anyway, hey, I love it. Okay, good. Bring it on. Okay, bring it. Well, you know, I'm interested because um, I think you're the first guest that we've ever talked to that keeps kosher. You keep kosher? A well, kosher kitchen? We keep kosher but there are more traditional koshers that have two ovens two refrigerators but since we don't eat meat you only eat fish we eat some fish it's kosher and dairy oh so you separate okay. meat and dairy do you have to separate fish and dairy no no oh you can eat fish with dairy yes so it's oh. just meat and meat is chicken. chicken. Meat is red meat. So red meat, chicken, lamb, pork, all that's out yes. the window. Yes. And so, fish, you can't eat shellfish. Correct. No and shrimp. bottom feeders. And, right. You know. No catfish, no shellfish, exactly. no lobster. But you can eat swordfish, bluefish. I don't think swordfish. I'd have to look that up. Oh, okay. I look up fish. But we eat salmon, salmon all the time and tuna. halibut and flounder. Yeah. yeah. And, Delicious. And all that stuff. And then do you have fishless nights where you just eat like pasta with cheese or we have nights where we just go pick up at roadie there we go well that's what i want to talk about too yes. in your marriage like you uh, your husband is a doctor from can finally say my son-in-law the doctor <laughs> that's right my son-in-law the doctor says <laughs> oh, my son-in-law the doctor he's a pediatrician so pediatrician. we've all aged out of his practice but that's we okay. still get advice that's yes. okay remember when john stewart signed <laughs> off of the daily show he said yeah i'm i'm not doing this now uh but that's okay uh i was telling my mother uh, that I'm doing the Daily Show, and she goes, still not a doctor, which is really funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's working all day with kids, day. sick kids. Yes. Those little snot noses wiping <laughs> away the boogers. So does he come home at night and cook? No. No. So no. You cook. I do most of the cooking, but I have to f tell you, I don't feel like I'm cooking. What do you mean? Like there's one pan, and nine out of ten times... Everything goes in that one pan. So you're a sheet pan girl. Sheet pan or fry pan. Yeah. Like saute. Sheet pan, fry pan. Okay. You know. And you, you're pretty limited because it's veggies yeah, and fish. Yeah, it gets kind of boring. What about pasta? Do you ever boil up some pasta and give them All some the time. red sauce? Okay. Well, we do red sauce, but we do vegetable sauce. Saute spinach, saute broccoli, cauliflower, uh, mushrooms, okay. peppers. Okay. And then the trick is... What do you put in it to make it fun? And sometimes it's pasta. I like tofu. He's not crazy about it, but he'll eat it. Then you can get a package of that pre-made lentils, pour it over. Okay. I mean, there's so much stuff you can do where you're not really cooking, you're just chopping. What about sugar? Are you guys into sugar? No. 
Mm-hmm. We are that's, very much that's not right. into that's sugar. Where, that's where you differ from your sister. That's yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not that we don't like it. And we'll do an ice cream run sometimes. Okay. Now we, the truth comes out, Jan. Now the truth comes out. But we are into longevity. Like we want to live a I few know. more years sugar and live well. The, sugar is the devil. But what are you going to do? Sugar is, well, let me put it this way. If you're going to eat something with a lot of sugar, Damn well better enjoy it. Yeah, and you also damn well better get the highest quality sugary thing exactly. you can get, which is a exactly. little frima legacy. Go for quality. Yes. Yeah. Don't only eat the best fudge. That's right. You know. The best fudge and Frima only likes fudge from the farmer's market. And admittedly, I have to say, it is good. It is fudge. good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Jan and I will sometimes one time we went to Ojai and we went to this fudge shop and Jan was like, Can I try a piece for my mom? And I took a piece, too, because, you know, Frimba's kind yeah. of like my mom, too. I'm like, oh, I'll have some for her mom, too. And we both tried it. And I go, oh, this is good. Jan's like, nope. Not good enough. Not good enough. Not yeah. as good as the farmer's Enjoy. market. And son of a gun, she was right. Yeah. There's something about that farmer's market. I don't even remember the name of the place at the farmer's market in L.A. where that fudge is. But anyway. Um, she came here with my sister. and Your mom she, came with Jan yes. to visit you here in the leafy suburb. In the leafy suburb, which she <laughs> remain nameless. Nameless. So, <laughs> Not uh, with stalkers. My husband said to my mother, what would you like? She said, well, I like fudge. So we went on a trek, you know, to another leafy suburb. Another leafy suburb. Further west. Famous for their fudge. And we tried it. And, of course, you know, I could tell by the look on her face. Wasn't as good as it the was, and it, is, no. it wasn't up to par. No, and Jan orders so. from a place called Varasano's in New York. She'll oh. order chocolate for your mom, which is, I think, in the village. It's been there forever. Oh. And Jan orders a lot of chocolate for your mom because your mom has a sweet tooth. By the way, for those of us, for those listeners, just so you guys know, as Jan has pointed out sometimes on the podcast, her mom probably weighs maybe eighty pounds, maybe eighty five pounds. <laughs> no, so you I would think never it's know. ninety. I think you it's would, ninety. You would yeah. never know she's packing away fudge and candy all the time, <laughs> but she is unbelievable because your mom has an amazing metabolism, as clearly you do as well. Yeah. But um, Varasanos, Jan orders from them so much that when she calls up. They're like, oh, hey, Jan. Like, they know her. <laughs> yeah. Do you want your usual? <laughs> yeah. And she says, yes, the, yeah. there is like a usual order. I don't know what it yeah. is. Jan doesn't share her bar assignments. Ah. That's okay. Just That's call okay. and say, this is Jan. Oh, yeah. Hi, can phone. I have Jan's order, please? There yeah. you go. I'm Jan. Yeah. Um, okay, so you do the cooking. That's cooking. She pan counts as cooking. You know, my husband is so appreciative. Is he? He just always... You know, does he ever say I'll do something on the weekend? Does he ever do something on the weekend? Oh, he takes me out. He, like oh. usually on Fridays, we go someplace. It doesn't matter if it's you know a fast food type or if it's a nice restaurant, just so I don't have to cook. And oh. if I don't feel like cooking, he says I'll eat a frozen Indian dish or something. Oh. You know, but I hate to have him do that. Yeah. I think he should have a little something healthy. A little something. So it's it's never a forced thing at all but i mean there are days he comes in i said i made tuna fish and that's it oh yeah and he says that's great okay yeah well i'm not going to take up any more time of your time podcasting i just wanted to see if this microphone works and i just want to say thanks for doing this and now here's the issue i don't really know how to shut this thing off oh now i know okay so that's all for holly uh jan's sister and um i'm going to check back in with you all for more remote work this is kath signing off in the leafy suburb. Bye. Bye. Your sister's so funny. Yeah. What are you doing on your phone? I'm, I'm looking for the name of the uh, fudge place. I can't think of it. It's long something or. Oh, um, yeah. I was hoping to have that already before we. That's okay. 
That was your sister. I know. She sounds good. Yeah. She's funny. She sounds very healthy. She is. Very healthy. Very, but, you know, that's hard. Kosher and vegetarian? Not really. Well, I didn't know that you could mix fish and dairy. Yeah. Did you know that? No, but oh. I do now. <laughs> I learned something. Oh, my God. And Well, Holly, Holly came out and saw my... Little John's. It's called Little John's. Okay. Little John's English Toffee House. That's where we get the fudge. By the way, the English toffee at Little John's is also killer. Yeah. It's Chris, delicious. You know, Christmas is coming, Jan. Anyway. Yeah, delicious. Um, yeah. Your sister saw my muscle car and she was like, hmm, this is an interesting car. Uh-huh. <laughs> it yeah. took up her entire driveway. <laughs> Like, what is she driving? Okay, so the next person up is my sister-in-law, Kathy. And um, I was cooking while I was talking to Kathy. She was very reluctant to talk to me. And then once she started talking, she could not... Uh, One last thing on my sister. When, when I went to visit and stay with her, she would cook fish. And it was absolutely delicious. And of, I can't cook it. I know it's simple. She told me, blah, kind of blah. Fish? But kind of it was fish? just salmon. Oh, yeah. Just grilled salmon in the oven and it was delicious yeah. and i can't make it to save my life that it tastes that good so yeah that's funny isn't it catherine detrov's boyfriend makes a killer killer salmon that i haven't been able to duplicate either yeah and she's told me how to do it and honestly i just whenever i make it it doesn't come out that good it's interesting isn't it uh-huh. how people can just tell you exactly what to do and you do exactly that's like me with cakes you know i do exactly what they tell me to do i go on amazon and buy the pan and then it's like eh, but yeah. yeah it's weird anyway anyway so my sister-in-law finally agreed to while i was making cookies for her she finally agreed to sit down with me and it was a very fun discussion and so now this is my sister-in-law kathy hey you guys it's kath again i'm in my sister-in-law's beautiful kitchen in another leafy suburb of chicago kathy o'malley's here with me today kathy o'malley gallagher two kath gallagher's in the family uh, I have uh, pasta sauce on the stove because I'm trying to help out my brother because he broke his wrist. Not too bad, thank God. And I'm making um, Holly Haynes's thick, T-H-I-C-C, chocolate chip cookies with freeze-dried uh, mixed berries from Trader Joe's and dark chocolate. And my sister-in-law is mad at me because she said, no sugar. And, and here I am making cookies, but I'm going to bring it up to my guests. Uh, but my sister-in-law has a fascinating story. Please welcome Kath O'Malley. Woohoo! Hey, how are you? Okay, listen. We were talking this morning about your family. Yeah. You're one of 11 children. Yeah. And your mom cooked. Mm-hmm. Your mom cooked in yeah. shifts. Yeah. She made three dinners a night. She cooked. Well, one big one, kind of. Well, one big, big one, one. But then but had to. Had to, like, okay, so the, the, the six older kids ate first at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Then they went out to play. South Side, Beverly. Okay. Irish Catholic <laughs> neighborhood. Am I right? Yeah. Then the younger ones, you're part of the younger set, mm-hmm. would eat, mm-hmm. and then you'd go and do something, and then your mom and dad would finally sit down and eat. Mm-hmm. Later on. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. And she made what? She made pasta, um, tuna casserole, mac and cheese. I forgot about the Chinese food to tell you about that. She'd she, make that. She made Chinese food? Yeah, very basic. Oh, tacos. Tacos. Dad would come home spaghetti. once in a while with white castles. Spaghetti. Hot dogs once in a while, your dad would do. Yeah. But then on Sundays, you said on Sundays, everybody, all 11 kids and your parents had to sit down for Mm -hmm. a meal. Do a formal thing. A formal thing. How did your mom not lose her shit? She did. (laughs) (laughs) She did lose her shit. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you. Time and again. I'm number eight out of the 11. Number eight. Yeah. Okay. 11 children. Jan and I have zero children. We have zero. We can't even imagine having one, much less 
11. You have one sibling. I have one sibling, but we have no children. Neither do I. I know. Let's have a high five. Yeah, and no check kids. this out. Out of 11 Only the boys children, have kids. Only three of the six boys, because there were six boys, five girls, only three of the boys had children. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> because it was total <laughs> chaos. Total chaos. Laundry was always oh, going, you guys. Always. Listen, constantly. every... All day, every day, laundry. Yeah, probably three to five loads a day. Her mom would make lunch for the kids. Mm -hmm. Breakfast, they were on their own. Pop-Tarts, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? Yep. Pop-Tarts. Almost no breakfast, really. Yeah, no you breakfast. Kind of just grab your lunch. Or oh, we came home for lunch. It depended on what you were doing. And your parents were entertainers. They would entertain. Mm -hmm. They would have card parties once a month yes. and do it up with appetizers and food and snacks yeah. and cigarettes and whiskey and what the shit. Are you kidding me? Sour cream, potato chips. Sour cream, potato chips, yeah. She put onion, you know, the onion soup Onion deal. soup, yes, I'm in, honey. Yeah. You, I'm all yeah. about the sour cream. That was all about salsa, but back then it was all about chips and sour cream. Sometimes yeah. shrimp dip. Shrimp dip? Shrimp I'm dip. in. Did you kids get yeah. into the shrimp dip? Oh, We'd 11 of you? around yeah. and try to pick up the table. Get away from that shrimp dip, you 11 children. I'm trying to play pinochle up in here. They're playing bridge. They were big bridge o players. O-M-G. And a lot of the neighbors had... <laughs> Not as many as we did, but eight to ten. No, tell kids. about the neighbor who had 21. Oh, yeah. A neighbor yeah. had 21 kids sure. because his wife died because he killed her with kids. <laughs> then, he, then he remarried, and the, the second wife yeah. had a shit ton of kids, too. I never went in the house, but I heard that they pushed two picnic tables together. For the two picnic tables and 21 kids. For 21. And I'm sure there were multiple ages. What yeah. the actual hell? You know that Dean and I went and spent uh, a while back, probably about a year ago, when his granddaughter was two, we spent a couple of hours with her out in where they live. And we came home and we were so exhausted, we took two naps. We took a nap. <laughs> We woke up. We woke up from our first nap. We had something to eat. And then we went back for a second nap. This is all before bedtime. One two-year-old exhausted us so much. Can you imagine? So here's your mom trying to go to like Jewelasco or Lucky's. Was it Lucky's? It the wasn't store? even back then. I went. She's don't even pregnant. Think there was a jewel. This Let's is, say she's know, pregnant with you, number eight. Sixty. Okay, number eight. She's got you in the tummy. She's got seven little ones running around. Most of them boys. Back then we were living all in one home in a bungalow. Upstairs were two bedrooms. Beverly bungalow so people. I imagine a basically an attic split in two. Boys on one side, girls on the other. That's how I grew up. And then at nine, we moved into this much bigger, nice, big farmhouse. And you had a milkman. A milkman milk came man. and delivered. And your sister bottles. Jean was telling us how heavy the bottles were back in the day with the cream on top. Yes. And did you have eggs, too? That eggs, came? too. And multiple gallons of that stuff left at the door. But you don't know how the food oh, appeared. Trap trap door. You never went food shop. Oh, a little trap door. A little trap door. Yeah. You pull it in. Yeah. You hear them come up. But you never knew how your mom got no, food. Never, never paid went, attention to that. We were just running around. By the time I came around, she'd given up on trying to yeah. raise anybody. And if anybody was picky, it was like tough shit. Well, Go have some she, crackers. Like Jean said, she never pushed it. If Jean's the baby. Eat, Jean's the baby of the family. Yeah. She said nobody. If, if, she, if you didn't want to eat what she was presenting, then you just left the table. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, some really gross. So you marry my brother. So I marry my brother who has. Who, you know, on your first from. date, on your first dinner that he made for you, he made shrimp with garlic. And you called your mom and you said, hey, Dave Scott, just made me shrimp with garlic. And what did she say? You better marry this one. <laughs> <laughs> my brother cooks these full on meals 
Oh, my buzzer's going off. Because it cooks. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to keep recording because I don't know how to stop this thing. Um, you know, the thing is, my brother cooks full-on meals, right? Yeah, yeah, he and likes to cook. In your marriage, though, you guys split the duties. And what you told me was, I'm pulling the cookies out of the oven. See, this is like live podcasting while cooking. I love this. Yeah, these cookies look amazing. The cookies look amazing because they are amazing. Okay, listen. They're three inches across. They're huge. They're these giant. Just go to Holly Haynes' Instagram and type in uh, the search bar or whatever, thick chocolate chip cookies. Anyway, um, when you guys got married, now you share the cooking duties. Yeah. Because you said, I don't like it, but it's fair. I don't like cooking, but I felt like it was fair. But how, okay, how, did, you learn to, had, how did you learn to cook from Well, Dave? for years I was, I'm older than Dave, a lot older than Dave, and I lived on my own for a long time, and I do basic, basic cooking, as little as possible, and did a lot of carry out. Yeah, but when you married my brother, you had to, you had to, he upped, he upped your game. Did yeah. you learn, did you learn to cook from him? A little bit. A little bit. But then you went and looked at I always, always refer to him about anything. See, it's interesting because we interviewed another girl, Francesca, who, you know, her husband is the cook and she's very intimidated cooking for him because he's a cook. And my brother's a cook. My brother's an excellent cook because my mother welcomed us both into the kitchen. Yeah. And, but you're not intimidated. Good food. And good, she made good food. Yeah, but there's only two of us. We didn't have nine other siblings kicking around. I found that so charming and so wonderful. Charming and wonderful. All because you, you, you sat down and have a meal together all the time. Yeah, but there's only four people. I know. You I had 10,000 people. I know. Brother, and mostly boys who were crazy. And I told you that story, and I love it, where mom rang the bell for the last half of us. Your mom would My ring mom a bell. Would ring a bell. Get in all here. Back there. Bong, bong, Get bong, in here. Bong, and if you miss the bell, it's tough shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just basic food. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, how I know. your grocery bills must have been like yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. You didn't pay attention didn't to the grocery. Pay, I didn't care. I didn't care about cooking. I never. Yeah. Back so to my brother. I, yeah. So, so you married Dave, and you know, I'm sure he figured out pretty early on. Hmm, yeah. I guess I better hustle with this girl because mm-hmm. she doesn't really seem to know much except for like mm-hmm. crackers and oyster crackers and Hot cheese dogs, and hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> brats. Yeah. Spaghetti. I got that. Was it my biggest thing now? Is I like making soup. I like things I where you just throw everything me in too. one pot. Me Easy. too. But see, I can't do that with the Deanster because that's what uh, his mom. He he's, he can't take anything like that. His mom did it, and it wasn't good. So it's old. So it's old. Yeah, for him. Yeah, I love that. My mother would eventually start up baking, breaking, breaking, baking bread. Oh, lots of bread. Yeah, lots of homemade else. bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she started to get into cooking after everybody was leaving. Okay, that's you what know, you told me so this morning. And I just want to say, listen, if I raised 11 children, yeah. okay, I would turn to my husband when the last one left the house and I would say, guess what? I am never fucking picking <laughs> okay, up okay. a motherfucking no, spoon again. And yet your mother she kinda got went in the opposite them. direction. Yeah, she kind of got She said, it. well, now these crazy kids are gone. Uh-huh. I want to actually try and make An experiment chicken cacciatore yeah. without, you know, peeling three boys off the ceiling and, you know, pulling a knife out of another one's leg. Because <laughs> that's what was going on. Yeah. 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 And then when I married Dave, he liked cooking. He likes coming home from work. 
it helps them unwind. Yeah, it's, it's for me. It's Zen for me. I love it. It's my yeah, church. It's my church. Look at I'm making it. My sister-in-law. I have to say, listen, people. I have made a mess of my sister-in-law's kitchen. Like this is probably the sixth batch of dishes she has to do because I'm I'm just cooking and throwing. Yeah, but I love it. All I'm doing is throwing dishes up against the wall, and she's peeling them off the wall and doing dishes. All I mean, she she's her hands are raw. She has <laughs> dishpan <laughs> hands from all the dishes that she's doing. Okay, well, listen, this has been fascinating. I don't want to keep you because I know you're shy on mic, but thank you for doing this. How about that? 21, she, 21 children, her, yeah. na- her neighbor. And she actually got to say like two words. You actually <laughs> let her say like a couple of things. That was impressive. Shut up, Jan. Good for you. I want to talk about 21 children. That's This guy had 13 children. That's disgusting. And then his, <laughs> Sorry. his, his wife died Ugh. and he married a widow who had eight. Jesus God Almighty. But Kathy grew up in Beverly, in the Beverly area of Chicago. This is back in the day. That was very common for Catholic families back in the day. Yeah. To have huge families. It's just wrong. Huge. Wrong. Huge. Wrong. <laughs> well, you're one of four. Four. And I was a mistake. <laughs> my father had a vasectomy and my mother's like, you're too late. Well, wow. she's bringing the jump rope out, this... jumping as hard as she can. So really? yeah, I know there's four, but... Wow, whatever. This, this, Let's not go down the dark side. This podcast anyway. really just went so Anyway, I'm just We never. had to we had to tell the jump rope story, huh? Yeah. Okay, fine. There's a reason <laughs> that she never wanted children. It's because she grew up in that environment. Yeah. That's yeah. just horrible. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's really crazy. Crazy. I'm so glad she got on mic. And I hope one day I can get her sister Meg and her sister Jean, because they're both funny as shit. And Meg is a great cook. Meg's, yeah. a, Meg, Meg's a great cook. She really, like, she asked for a couple of the recipes that I did when I was there, and it was really nice. Yeah. So Meg and Jean will get you on the podcast as soon as I figure out my tech issues. So now the next one coming up is our pal Louise that Jan and I have both known since 1980. <laughs> and um, mm. this was the, I think, probably, well, the second worst audio. The worst audio is coming up after that, but um, we'll do our best. And if we have to cut it, we cut it. But this is our pal Louise. Hey guys, it's Kath. So I'm, forget about the leafy suburbs of Illinois. I'm in a tree-lined paradise, undisclosed location in the gorgeous countryside of Michigan with my, one of my oldest friends. I've known this woman since 1982 and we've been fast friends ever since. I know, I know Louise, take it easy. Anyway, I'm here with the beautiful Louise Papa George. Woohoo! Welcome to the podcast. Now, before we do anything, we got to go online and go to Instagram and follow her fabulous artwork at Lulu Antoinette. L U L U A N T O I N E T T E. At Lulu Antoinette. Fabulous artist. Louise lives out here in Michigan now with her husband, George, who you've been with for how many years? How many years have you been with George? Forty-some. Forty-some years. She doesn't Forty, know. I lost track of years. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really know how many years she's been with George. But Louise was my one of my first, probably my first big city friend when I first moved to Chicago on my own. And I was telling her the other night that Louise was the first dinner guest I ever had. And what I made was Uncle Ben's white rice in a bag, and then I got chicken breasts and cut them up into cubes and marinated them in soy sauce and put them under the broiler so they were like these dried out soy chicken cubes <laughs> on white rice and Louise came over and said it was delicious and then when Jan moved to Chicago I you know I had already known Jan 
um, I said, you got to meet my friend Louise. And they became fast friends too. So Jan and Louise know each other. And she, all three of us are buddies. And we used to go over to Louise's house when she lived in Chicago and she would make these fabulous meals. And we didn't know anything. Like Louise was the first person who introduced me to soba noodles and tofu and soy this and always super, super healthy eating. She also taught me that, you know, what you put into your body kind of affects how you, like you are what you eat. That is the personification of Louise. She's in amazing shape. She's gorgeous. And uh, I want to talk about your food because you've been married to George for 167 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's say you've done probably 95% of the cooking. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Because George was busy being a big successful architect in Chicago. And was not all that concerned about whether or not what he ate was healthy. Yeah. And I was always really looking into how your diet affects you and and wanting to eat the best food and be healthy. And if you're going to spend all of that time in the kitchen, you should eat the best ingredients. The best ingredients. Well, we were reminiscing last night over dinner how we're old enough to remember when Whole Foods was invented. Like when Whole Foods came to Chicago, we're like, oh, look at all these vegetables. Look at how they're arranged. This is so beautiful. You know, I mean, we were so excited when Whole Foods finally came to Chicago. We didn't we didn't even know what it was. And but then it did put the mom and pop shops. What was the place you said last Rainbow Grocery. Rainbow Grocery. Yeah, yeah. Used to be in Chicago. To, on Oakley used to sell like beans and rice. It was like an old timey hippie health food store. And once Whole Foods came along, it, that, that all that stuff went away because they sold everything. But when you cooked for George, he appreciated everything you did. I mean, he, he liked your cooking, didn't he? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I've made some pretty wretched stuff. Well, yeah, but you were young. You were a child bride, let's say, a child bride. You were so young when you married him and, you know. Wasn't that young? We were young, we were young when we met. Yeah. But it took about 10 years to get married. Yeah, so, but I mean, but nonetheless, were you cooking for him right out of the gate? I always cooked, yeah. even when you were dating. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. And he was raised in a household a Greek. His mother was he's Greek, George, and so his parents were both Greek. And his mother would cook; she would make Greek food, which I was saying last night to George. Greek food is hard, and it's yeah, and it's, it's rich, really hard, and, and it's, it's not delicious. that good for you. I know it's not. No, that and great it's for really it. good for you. A lot of the stuff, the really? vegetables and the salads and. You know, the nice cheeses and things that they have. But then you have the filo with the butter and the... The spanikopita you know, yeah. and the galatoburiko. I did it a couple of Greek guys back in the day. Anyway, the baklava. let's not revisit old history. So, you know... Oh, let's. Oh, no, let's not. That's another podcast for another day. But look, so now, I mean, now you guys... I mean, you don't cook as much anymore because you're a little burned out on it. And I don't blame you. I'm right there with you in the burnout department. But I still cook for the Deanster... But when you were back in the day when George was working and you were cooking, like, did you map out your food? Did you plan every week or did you just wing it every day? Did you go to the grocery store every day? How did you plan your food? How did you plan what you were going to eat? No, I think I, I, I planned for like a couple of days because you'd have to go to the grocery store. You'd have to get ingredients that were fresh. Right. You didn't want to leave stuff in your refrigerator for like days and days and days right and pull out your head of lettuce and it was all wilted and gross yeah so i would go to the store every few days and just pick up food and there were periods where you decided you you guys were because you kind of you kind of charted the whole food thing like you would say to george we're not eating meat anymore we're vegetarians yeah and he'd be like okay it's like what am i gonna eat <laughs> Where's my burger? But I think George probably How went. How are we going to have company? <laughs> but George probably went like on his lunch break downtown and went to McDonald's and had a quick burger and never told you, is what I'm thinking. 
And then oh, came home I'm and sure said, he did. I'm he sure came he home did. and said, "Man, I'm hungry for some vegetables." Boy, yeah, I yeah, some no, beans. No, he never after did. He had a big he never mac and rice. He'd never be like, "Dude, I like beans. some vegetables and beans and rice." <laughs> Thank you very much. Wait a second. When you said George, we're vegetarians now, and he went, "Okay," but then, like, um, how did you? finally decide, you know what, I don't want to be a vegetarian anymore. I want to eat meat meat and fish and stuff. Like, how did you, yeah, like, how did you transition away from vegetarianism into eating all sorts of stuff? Did it just become too exhausting to be vegetarian? Most most of the time, even even when I was more vegetarian, I still ate fish. So you were a pescatarian. Well, whatever, you know, like, just because you're a person who eats meat and then you also eat vegetables, you don't call yourself a vegetarian because you no. have some vegetables in your meal. No, no, no. That you know, means, the, yeah, the, no the, animal flesh. Those are just like so odd. I know. And I know. so, you know, most most of the time I was vegetarian and ate some fish and some eggs and a little dairy. Okay. So I was never really true vegan. No. That's too, it's hard. too hard. It's too hard. You can't eat honey. If you're a vegan, yeah, I know you can't. That's what I want. You can't eat anything if nothing you're vegan. Nothing with a face. Nothing with a face. You have to eat air. <laughs> yeah, nothing with, nothing with a face. But that's kind of like my. I want to when I talk to Catherine's daughter. Catherine Dictov's daughter is going to be on in August, and she's a vegan. And I want to say to her, yeah, but the, the only reason a bee is alive is to make honey. Like that's all they do. But they, they but they're there they're to make honey for their hive and to support the other bees. They're not there to make honey. They like look at these humans. They need honey. Let's go make some for them. Oh, you, <laughs> you know, mean the idea they, of a bee? Uh, the, wait, the honey thing is really for the bees? They yes, make it for themselves? They make it for themselves. So, so we they, go in there like, you know, all like uh, the supreme being and we yank well, out the we, honey? Well, we made the hives. They made hives in trees and in the ground and wherever, right. you know, there's ground dwellers and there's tree dwellers. And so, they, I mean, they make the honey for themselves. Oh, okay. So we are bad if we have honey. Well, and then we made hives and we're like, hey, come on, look at this cool house. Yeah. And then they would come in there and then they, you know, they would, people would get a queen. Now you can mail order for queens. You get a queen. You yeah. You get a queen in the mail? Yes. Oh, God. And you put it in the hive and some bees go, oh, wow, there's a queen in there. Mm-hmm. And so they all, they all go in there and they're making honey for her and for their you know, her offspring to eat oh, so and really... also to sustain themselves for the winter. Oh, so we really have no business eating honey. Oh, well, well that's a, that's okay. I just came from the farm stand right around Louise's house where I bought apple butter for the Dean stir because he loves apple butter and you cannot get it in LA anymore. I don't know what happened with the supply chain, but apple butter in LA, they only sell it at Bristol Farms and it's $10,000 for a jar. Here, I went to the farm stand, honey for days, the best honey ever. And all this apple butter, I'm going to bring it back on the plane. Honey, I'm coming home with apple butter. Anyway, um, okay, so you're eating, you tell George back in the day, okay, we're eating vegetarian now with a little fish. And he's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, one night you serve like lamb or steak or something. And he goes, hey, what happened to the vegetarian? No, no, that never happened. No. <laughs> but you do eat meat, right? I, I eat it now, like if I go out to dinner at someone's house yeah. and they make it. Because but you won't go out and buy lamb. I don't want to be that. No. Does George ever say I have a craving for X? Will you make it? No. Did he ever? Did he ever say I have a craving for something? I have a craving for my mother's galataburuko. Can you make it? I go go home and see your mom. <laughs> wow. Can I make it for you? <laughs> this is what we call the house of tough love. It's the house of tough love, people. 
Uh, yeah, George, he doesn't ever complain about your cooking, does he? Because he, he's not really... Yeah, a... well, if you complain about it, then you have to be the cook. Yeah. And what so, does he make? Yeah. What did he make? What does he... Back in the day, what was his, what was his best dish? He would grill some fish or okay. grill some chicken or make pasta. Okay. And you Scrambled would even... eggs. Okay. You know, I mean, and, and that was all fine. Yeah. But then I kind of just decided I didn't want to eat any meat. And so if I wasn't going to eat any meat, I was going to have to be the cook. Right. Because what he would make would be meat. meat. Right. Or, oh, so that's interesting. So if if you would have left George to his own devices as like a 50-50 cook splitting kind of thing, 50% of the time you would have been eating meat, right? Because that's what he would have made. No, he would have cooked still 5 to 10% of the time and I would still have to cook the rest of the time okay. because he was busy or he was this or, you know. And, you know, he grew up in a household where... That's how it was, you know, the mom cooked, the dad went to work. Yeah. And it's still stuck. Yeah. You know, the, the, that the patterning is still stuck. And it so is. he, you know, th thought that, that I should be the cook. The cook. The cook, the yeah. cleaner, the caretaker, the yeah. whatever. The whatever he didn't want to do or couldn't do or whatever yeah. was my job. Well, this podcast is called Bitching About I Food, know. not Food. Bitching About Everything. <laughs> bitching About Everything. <laughs> Bitching about your life. That's a whole different podcast. Bitching about your husband. I'm starting that Bitching about podcast. I, Louise is going to start a, a, a companion podcast called Bitching About My Husband. Trust me, she's got 10 episodes lined up in the hopper, let me tell you. But you were raised by a single mom, and you had two sisters. Mm -hmm. And so she cooked. She cooked for you yeah, guys. Yeah, she cooked. A lot. She cooked every day. Was she a good cook? Yeah. Pol Polish, right? Did yeah. she make Polish food? Mm -mm. Oh, I love Polish food. Anybody? My grandmother, my grandmother made the Polish food, and she lived downstairs from us. Pierogies. My mother made kind of typical American food, yeah. you know, yeah. like fried pork chops, fried chicken. Uh, is that where you learned? Hamburger helper. Yay! Wait, is that where you? <laughs> what do you learned? call those sloppy joes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you? Did she invite you into her kitchen? Did you take over cooking after a while when you were older, or did you just sort of watch? No, her? because you know, I mean, I. I I liked to cook, and I would watch her cook and make things and stuff. I wasn't that interested in actually making, you know, day-to-day -day food. And I remember when I was like a teenager, and I was like, hey, I'll cook, but I want to make chicken cacciatore or something. Yeah. And she just looked at me, and she was like, ugh. Uh-oh. Like, it was a problem. It is kind of a hard dish. And, and yeah, but I was making it. I just needed the ingredients. Yeah. I needed somebody to go to the store for me and get the stuff. Yeah. And she was just like, oh. It kind of reminds me of in my own childhood. I would say to my mom after dinner, you know, she would say, the kitchen closed. And then later on, I would say, I want to bake some cookies. And mom would go, now? And you know, <laughs> yeah. my, my homework yeah. was all done and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I would actually like to bake some cookies. Uh, I want to I bake something. And so mom would be like, you better clean up that kitchen, which I did, you know. But she liked the idea of the kitchen being open and then closed for the night. And I liked the idea of eating, cleaning up, doing my homework, and then going into the kitchen to create something. Because I still look at it. And you do too. Louise, you guys, Louise is a very excellent creative cook. A couple of years ago when I was here, she made seared scallops that I'm still thinking about to this very day. And we just went to a fabulous place in Benton Harbor, Michigan. That's as close as I'm going to tell you to where Louise is. She's not in Benton Harbor. She's far from Benton Harbor, really far. But we went to Benton Harbor, Michigan, <laughs> and had the best lunch, the best salad. With I had salmon, and it was like a salad, and it was so good. And the food here is just amazingly great, and I'm happy, and I'm happy that I'm here, and I'm relaxing. And Louise is going to come to L.A. soon, 
And we're going to have her on the podcast for a full-length Louise Papa George episode. But in the meantime, please go and follow her at Lulu Antoinette on Instagram. And I'm trying to get her on TikTok, but she's resisting me. Back in the day, she resisted me on Instagram, too. So we'll see who wins that. Anyway, thanks for doing a little segment on my Chicago Travel Podcast. And we'll see you in L.A. soon, okay? Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Jan. Yes. I didn't. I'm, I'm back at the, you didn't realize that bees weren't making honey for you. I thought bees were making honey for people. Yeah. I'm still on that. Like, really? When, okay. When we were listening to this. Do you just, also eat at Olive Garden? <laughs> Just curious. Wait a second. When when Jan and I were sitting here listening to this, the honey section came up, and she and I peeled out laughing. We could not stop laughing. At one point, she leans over to me. She goes, "Idiot!" <laughs> like really? Like yeah, those bees are busy for the humans <laughs> making that honey. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Like, okay, why do they make so much fucking honey to support a little hive? I guess their uh, hives are big. No, they are thinking about you. <laughs> you had it right. Louise had it wrong. End of story. Oh my god! So let's that just was leave so, it at that. I just re-listened to that. It sounds so stupid. Okay, but I love how Louise is so nice to you on that. She doesn't call you stupid or anything. She's like, no, no, and she explains to you how they, you know, how they do this, and she's like talking to you like you're a a real thinking person. I just love that instead of a crazy person. <laughs> I'm like, who wow, that bees make honey for me. Wow. Oh my and god. And she's explaining, you know, how you can order a queen. Oh my God, that is so friggin' funny. Oh, well, that's Louise. Now the next thing you're going to hear. And I thought when she said order a queen, I was thinking Liberace, but no. <laughs> okay, that's not what she was talking about either. But I'm both. Enjoy your dinner salads. I'll be here all week. Oh, my God. Anyway. Remember, remember when he would get on TV and go, I'm just looking for a nice girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. All right, listen, my, my, oldest, my oldest friend, Older than you, even. Wow. I met her in 1974. Oof. Kathy, uh, I stayed with her in her beautiful place in Wisconsin. And my one of my second oldest friends, Eileen, we all went to high school together. And Eileen came over for dinner. And this is the three of us in Kathy's kitchen. And I think this audio is not great. But, well, anyway. We'll, It'll Will, get fixed. Will is going to help me. Okay, yeah. here we go. Kathy and Eileen. Forget the leafy suburbs of Chicago and the leafy woods of Michigan. I am now in an undisclosed location, a leafy, what would you call this? A leafy wooded area of Wisconsin with two of my oldest, literally my oldest friends who I met in 1974, maybe 1874, I don't remember. (laughs) Please welcome Eileen and Kathy, no last names here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So listen, these girls have been married for a hundred years and... Eileen raised five children. Kathy raised two. Kathy met her husband, Troy, at McDonald's when she was in high school. They met in a food place. And I just want to talk about, like, how you guys did it. Because, you know, you raised two kids. Between you, you raised seven children. And I don't know. I'm cooking for the Deanster every night, and it's kicking my ass. I don't know how you did it with kids. Well, Kathy, you guys, was a NICU nurse, little babies. And she had to work big, long shifts. And her husband, Troy, who's wandering around was a firefighter, so they worked these big, long shifts, and so you actually alternated, right? You alternated? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one night was your night to cook, and then one night was his night to cook, but he had already been cooking in the firehouse, so he would come home after cooking in the firehouse and cook? Yeah, he would. How did that even work? Well... I mean, when it was your night to cook, you didn't really like cooking that much. No, I didn't. 
I didn't. You were stop. saying earlier your favorite, one of your favorite meals to make was bread and fruit and cheese, and you even got the kids to like it. And I really like that idea. Like, hey, bread and fruit and cheese. <laughs> and I forgot to tell you that when with the bread, I found a um, there was a recipe that I found in somebody's gazette years ago. This is before the internet, youngsters. When you used to read magazines and newspapers to get recipes, right? Clip them. You clipped them clip out. Them. Yeah, clip them out. Exactly. Well, there was a recipe for Cuban bread. You can speak louder. Don't be intimidated by the microphone sitting here. <laughs> there was a recipe for Cuban bread, which you can make in about an hour and a half. Ooh, this is even before bread machines. Oh, yeah. Kids, and we're going it, back a long time. It is really crunchy crust. Yeah. And my kids love it. It's very yeasty. So what? You've got to eat it the first day. Okay. No preservatives. Mm -hmm. And my, I, would, I would make... Cuban bread for them. Okay. And the deal with that was you made the dough, you maybe let it roast rice once, and then you put it in the oven, cold, cold oven, with a deep pan of water below it. A Ben Marie. That's what it's called. A Ben Marie. <laughs> well, that's what I did. A Mary bath. Yeah. A Mary bath. A Ben Marie. Yeah. And the steam helped the bread rise and made it really crispy. Delicious. Yes. So Delicious. I'm not ashamed to say there were nights we had cereal. My kids mm -hmm. love their sugar cereals. Yes. Yeah. But then Troy would come in and cook like all this food because he was used to cook for firemen. He would cook a big ass meal with a bunch of sides. Like the sides. The sides. Where's the sides? The beans, the potatoes, the meat, the salad, the vegetable, the dessert. Let's go. Because if he didn't cook all that at the firehouse, he got his ass kicked. Exactly. Exactly. And then you would come home at midnight after dealing with sick babies and eat all the food that he had made. And that was really a great, that's a great, that's a great gift to come home to a nice meal. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you, microwave. you had five children. I did. How did you navigate what they wanted to eat? Did, did, did they all have different tastes? Um, did they all have like, mom, I don't like this. Were you the short order cook? Uh, they did all have different tastes, and but they went through phases, you know. Oh, God. You mean they like chicken, and then all of a sudden they go, I they don't like, like chicken. chicken. They didn't. They liked this vegetable. And then they, they got to the point where um, one of my daughters was saying to me, you know I don't like pasta, or you don't. And I, what do you mean? You had pasta got, three days ago. I didn't actually keep track of all their, their different tastes. Oh, you didn't put it on different. an Excel spreadsheet? You want to know why? Because Excel hadn't been invented yet, you guys. There was no computers. No. no. But we just we just you know, oh. did our best, but they were all coming and going at different times. But we we did sit down to eat a lot as a family. We did all, we, all we seven had, of you, you yeah. and your husband and the kids. Yeah, even when they were in high school and doing not all the time, but we had uh, we didn't have the greatest meals all the time. But whatever we ate allowed us to have the greatest conversations. Yeah, around around those meals, many. Many different conversations, and in um, many ways, that's even that's that's more important in a way than the meal. The conversation is important. You well, know? It, that that worked somehow. That worked somehow. But I am not a uh, great not, cook. I, I mean, I would just say I'm not a great cook. But I tried to just feed them whatever I could. And I, I uh, was telling you that I came across this thing when they were maybe middle school age or something that was the six o'clock scramble. And it was an early meal plan oh, thing. Yeah. And a friend had told me about it. And you would get a week's worth of menus. And it would give you all the ingredients and then a suggested side. So <laughs> you could have that. And then it actually gave you a, a grocery list, too. And so I never did all the meals and all that. But it was great because I could have fresh food. Um, and 
Yeah. You know, in 30 minutes. Yeah. In 30 minutes. I yeah. mean, some of them went, some of them stretched it. What are you talking about? Rachel Ray made an entire career out of 30-minute meals. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And By the way, they're not 30 minutes, Rachel, but okay. <laughs> but what was great is there were uh, Indian flavors yeah. in some of them or Mexican flavors, which I couldn't bring up on myself. Yeah. You know, but so at least I was able to introduce my kids to... Even though they think we only had bland food all the time, I was able to get in some of the fresh food as I could through those through those recipes, well, which I love to this day. Yeah, and you know, interestingly, you guys are both you both share something that I don't have in my. Well, first of all, I have no children, so that's one thing we don't share. But you also both come from fairly large families of origin, which I do not. It was just my brother and me. But you come from six. Yeah. Kathy comes from six, and Eileen six comes plus Grandma lived with us. So six plus six, Grandma. Seven, eight. With my parents. You know, Grandma ate you out of house and home, probably. She was snarfing away at stuff. So six plus a grandma, and you had seven, seven children. So, And your moms were both pretty passable cooks. Oh, my mother was a very good cook. Yeah. Your mom was a cook. Not and a baker, but she let us bake, but she was a very good cook. And your mom was more of a baker. My mom was more of a baker. She could cook for a dinner party, for a holiday. Yeah. She was, she was going to school. But similar to working, my sister-in-law. So she didn't really do a lot of... You know, big meal cooking. Yeah, week week to week, day to day. But she did like what my sister in law's mother did, which was like the sloppy Joe. She did the chop the chop suey, the spaghetti and meatballs, something you can ground just... ground beef, macaroni, and tomato yeah. would oh, come out yeah. every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a big and one. And then, like my sister in law, your dad would occasionally come home with hot dogs or or fast food. You know, yep. he would do and Sunday brunch. He always he always cooked the Sunday. Well, we called it. Did we call it brunch then? Yeah, we called it brunch yeah. because it was only on Sunday. When, what did he make? When all of a sudden brunch became every day of the week, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it because I thought it was only Sunday. What was brunch. his specialty? I mean, um, brunch is not exactly eggs, pancakes, oh, bacon, okay. just okay. You know, things like that. Yeah, Dean loved it when his father came home because his father was a cook in the Navy. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And he could kick ass in the kitchen. So when his father, who worked also worked overnights at United Airlines, when his father wasn't working overnight, yeah, like your dad worked for United, right. um, he would come, he would cook, and the kids would get super excited because oh, dad was a great cook. He was a great cook. Uh oh, there's some noise going on. You can go ahead. Where is Alexa? Some... Stop. Alexa, shut up. Anyway, um, no, that's okay. Because when I was ma- I was when I was doing a podcast episode with my sister in law, I was actually cooking. So the timer went off, and I was clanking on pots and dishes and stuff. That's so, reality. Yeah, this is reality, babe. So um, you know, that's all really. I just wanted to touch base with some of my oldest friends, my oldest and dearest friends. When I was I in high school, had one thing. Yeah, go ahead. Eileen talked about the importance of the conversation, not necessarily the meal. And I think that continues as you become empty nesters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can sit down and have dinner together. And, you know, it, certainly we all have our different interests. And some nights we're not at the table together. But I think those t- table conversations can be really. Uh, yeah. Like Kathy just made us a kick-ass <laughs> meal. She made rosemary chicken that Troy grilled. By the way, I had three pieces of chicken. They both had mm-hmm. one, just so Jan. I know Jan's laughing right now. It was delicious. Then she made a salad with um, spinach, pecans, pepitas, dried cranberries, and fresh strawberries mm-hmm. with a strawberry vinaigrette with balsamic vinegar. People, it was delicious. Delicious but and then, healthy. And and the, but then I got into trouble because I forgot to remind her to pull out the jello for Eileen's stomach. But what are you going to do? Nobody's perfect, especially me. The jello looked a little... Oh, wait, it's okay. Eileen has a <laughs> stomach. 
the general, I have to say, was, you know, it, it looked, it was cherry. I'm not a big fan of cherry anything, but Kathy poured her love into it. So even though it was jiggly, it was full of love, right? Her love and is in sugar. her food. Her food. Here's what I brought. Wine. No surprise. I brought wine. That was it. Okay. Well, thanks. This is the Wisconsin episode. And um, we'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. I love that whole thing about it's not about the food, but the conversation. I don't know what my freaking deal was. I was literally holding that microphone in one position the whole time. And it sounds like I'm slamming it over and over again. No, it sounds between. like you're on crack cocaine. <laughs> If we're being honest here, you really do sound like you're on crack, but that's okay. I'm not on crack. No, okay. you sound a little cracked up in that one, I gotta say. <laughs> I wasn't. You're a little juiced. Oh, um, God. More so than usual. I don't know why. Because the other ones sound so calm. Shut up, Jan. They sound so calm and relaxed. Okay, the last one, back. listen, the last one is my brother. And it was funny because when I was talking to my brother, he actually brought up a couple of somewhat painful food memories for him which kind are you of, involved i won't be surprised no <laughs> no stupid listen no he brought up something that my occasionally my parents would do this thing where they would decide to do some herculean thing and a lot of times it didn't work out and he relays a story two stories in fact um, of them attempting to do a Herculean thing, and one sort of worked out, and one didn't work out. But it was a ni- it was nice to talk to my brother because he's you know that was the main impetus behind me going home just to see him and all my friends. But it was especially nice to talk to him. And that's it. After that, we're done with our Chicago okay. Midwest recap. Well, I look forward to hearing Dave. Well, here I am again. It's my last uh, night on my trip to Chicago, but the leafy green suburbs have given way to smoke-filled outdoor areas. All the smoke from the Canadian wildfires have come into the Chicagoland area. And right now, my brother and I are looking out the window. I'm here with my brother, Dave. He's my final guest for my Chicago trip. And it's pretty smoky, I got to say. Yes, it is. It's as smoky as Dad's old barbecue. <laughs> when our dad would barbecue, he would burn everything. Mom would be like, don't burn the chicken. And the chicken was always burned, right? It reminds me of the haze of smoke that was hanging in the family room every time I came in to watch television every night. <laughs> because Mom would broil everything. Our mother was really ahead of her time. She didn't believe in frying food, casseroles, or any kind of... Um, shortcuts, fast food, nothing like that. She cooked with all fresh ingredients and had a salad with every meal and always fresh vegetables and broiled everything. And then occasionally when dad would cook, he would grill something and he would pretty much burn it, but we loved it anyway. Is that what you remember from our childhood? That is, I still I still call it dad's chicken because <laughs> Kathy loves it. <laughs> because it it's way. delicious. And the secret is, uh, directly over white hot coals <laughs> until it smokes through the lid of the Weber. No indirect it. cooking at all. No. At all. No. But let's talk about their entertaining. Mom and Dad love to entertain, and they always made a shit ton of food. And you guys were talking the other night about how you like to, when you entertain, you like to have all the food made. You like to control it. But you're hanging with a group that likes to do potlucks, which is not your favorite thing because everybody shows up with a jello salad and it's generally bad. 
and you've made some beautiful entree that all of a sudden you have jello salad and apple jello salad and lime jello salad and a pasta salad with a bunch of salami in it and you're like hmm it doesn't really go with my beautiful prime rib that i just made but okay whatever that's right my recollection of entertainment back in the day was mom and dad would have or whoever was hosting the party would host the party and have everything the booze the everything. food the appetizers they were in charge everything from, yeah. from the appetizer to the brandy ice to the brandy ice but today these days it's like if you want to have a party it's got to be what are we bringing what are we bringing what are we bringing and people just bring what they want yeah i don't know what that which is fine if that's, yeah, I mean, that's it's, the way it is it's cheaper but on the other hand you don't get to control it Right. But when did you get into I'm that? nothing if not controlling. <laughs> no, I have you beat in the kitchen. Poor Dean can't even walk into the kitchen to throw anything away without my, me getting my shackles up. But um, you've been very patient and good with me here all week, throwing things around in your kitchen, letting me cook in your kitchen. I very much appreciate it. Hey, you're cooking up a storm. I've been we've, cooking. We've got a freezer full of I've gourmet been, sauce I've now been cooking because my brother is uh, down for the count with one wrist, but the cast is coming off in two weeks. That's the good news. So when did you... I don't remember you ever cooking when we were young. Do you remember me cooking and baking when we were young? Um, did, when did no. you get into cooking? When you got married? Probably, yeah, shortly after uh, college, I think, self-preservation. and yeah. I liked eating and figured out I couldn't eat carry out for ever. Uh, so I just kind of, it must be in our genes because yeah. mom was good. Yeah, because we like cooking. It's relaxing for us. And yeah. um, it, it's interesting. You guys do really share the duties. I've watched you and Kathy really do share. I got to say, more than most people, you share the duties. She was making your lunch this morning. and yeah. she, she does did. all the shopping. Yeah. We do the planning together. Yeah. She will tell you every day she hates to cook, but she loves to. Yeah, she's a good cook. Eat. She loves to eat good food, so yeah. she's kind of found a middle ground. Yeah. I come home from work, and I, you know, I like to. Yeah, tonight. Do some chopping and do some cooking and experimenting if possible. We yeah. have a lot of go-to recipes, so. Yeah, for sure. And I left you my meat sauce recipe, which is Jan's meat sauce recipe. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jan. Um. And I guess that's about it. I just wanted to touch base with you real quick. I know you're, you, you have a, you're fighting a headache right now, and there's smoke everywhere, you guys. It's so smoky right now. Well, I was, I was going to say, if, I wasn't sure which way we were going to discuss, but my, two of my uh, clearest memories of mom and dad's entertainment, three of my clearest memories, <laughs> none of them are very positive. <laughs> well, what are they? So the first one was how mom and Mrs. Lepesco, we used they used to have summer parties up at their Lepesca's home in Twin Lakes, and for some reason, Mom and Marilyn thought it would be a good idea to try to finagle eggs Benedict for thirty people for oh my a brunch. God. What? With homemade hollandaise and Mom, and I assume Mrs. Lepesca was Mom was certainly a stickler for a, a hot plate and hot food. If it wasn't searing your mouth off, it wasn't worth eating. <laughs> somehow, somehow they managed to poach 40 eggs and keep homemade sauce from curdling and, and the muffins were all done and they pulled it off. I don't know how but they how did, did that. But how did you know this? Were you there? I was there. Yeah, it was one of the summer, like a summer day where we'd go up there and fish and hang out. Okay. The uh, second one is not quite as positive. <laughs> uh, 
but it also involves fish. Dad, um, we used to catch walleye up in Wisconsin, and Dad was obsessed with having a fish fry. And this, Wait, his own fish fry? Yeah, instead of going a, out to a restaurant for a fish. No, fry? one of the parties that they threw for their group, the Libertyville group, they was going fry. to be a fish fry oh, with walleye that we had caught and maybe bought some to balance it out. But mom didn't know how to fry. No, mom wasn't in charge. Dad was in charge. Uh oh. <laughs> Shit. And he, he knew less about frying than mom did, which was oh nothing. Oh, God. Uh, so uh, mixing complete lack of cooking uh, ability with the usual um, alcohol level Copious of those parties. Copious amounts of alcohol, people. I remember dad had was already overserved when he was cooking this fish on the stove, and it was oh, it no. was burning to a crisp. And this was like the main course of a of a party for 10 people. There was no, no backup. No backup. Yeah. No pasta salad tucked away in the fridge. He's standing there staring at the fish burning away. I don't think I ever remember mom being as furious at, at dad as she was that night after that party because the, the fish was inedible. Oh my God. The house stunk. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there like trying to figure out how to salvage it, but there was no salvage and dad used to cr crush saltines and use them as his breading and, which was good if it was done well but if it burned in a second if you know and they had those pans those stainless steel um, and this was a rental pans. this was in no no this was at the, the house of one of the one of the libertyville friends oh god okay yeah what's the third memory third memory is dad <laughs> roping me into uh he, he was always the entertainment at these parties and in, in our Deerfield house, in, in Deerfield, somehow dad convinced me to take banjo lessons with him. I remember this. Yeah. And so I'm taking the tenor banjo. Not only could dad not cook, he had no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> he could tell a joke, but that was about he it. Could. We got our humor <clears throat> from him. Thank and you, dad. So he, uh, he wanted to put on a little concert. So he had, I had to put on the requisite wig and play the banjo and do the singing, all of which were not... That's not you at all. That's not, wasn't me. It's not me now. It wasn't me. At, <laughs> certainly wasn't me at 12. But oh my God. All, the, all the friends were sitting around politely watching us two idiots sitting there playing, who's going to shoe your pretty little foot? But what, what about the food? The food, I don't remember what the food oh, was that That's night. just a bad party memory. Just a bad... They, were all, they all blend, all the party <laughs> memories. I'm sure it was... Chicken Divine or Swiss Bliss or something. Something good. Yeah. Something good. Well, I think that's it. I think that's all I want to talk about right now. I just wanted to touch base with you because you and I are the cooks in the family. Kathy cooks, but you you like it and I like it. And that's all I want to say. Um, and hopefully I'll fly out of here tomorrow in the smoke-filled haze back to L.A. And uh, that's it. I, I do have one more thing. One more thing. Look at you. Yeah. You are Mr. On Microphone. Okay, <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> I got a lot of issues with you people. Okay. Um, what do you remember taking for lunch to Marillac? Tuna fish. I always took tuna fish on rye. You made it yourself? Yeah. Your mom made it. No, I made it. And to this day, I still eat tuna fish for lunch. I've had tuna fish for lunch for like the last 50 years. Because I'm, <laughs> my, you, you said mom was always... In a little can of V8, I used to take to Maryland. Yeah. yeah. But you said mom was always into fresh foods and stuff, but that wasn't the case with lunches for Not really, no. years. I no. would eat 
I, I mean, I kind of wonder how you survive. Yeah. The buddy. Carl Budig. Yeah. Pastrami. Yeah. Turkey. Of, yeah. They still, still make it. Make it. I know. It's probably the same batch it's I was like eating plastic. back in the 80s. It's like plastic pieces of sheets of plastic that are Perfectly cut corn, squares. Corn beef. Yeah. Instead of getting real corned beef. And yeah, that was her the, only. The nutritious part of my lunch was the Susie Q that she put in there or the yeah. Twinkie. Yeah. She I don't remember of, any other good stuff went, like she, apples. No, or she kind of went crazy with lunches, but dinners were sacrosanct with her. Yeah, the amount of sugar and, yeah. <laughs> and chemicals we ate That's for years. Yeah. I don't know how we survived it, but That's we did. That's funny. Oh, my God. Well, family memories, you know, even though there were only two of us, we still had enough family memories to last us a lifetime. <laughs> So anyway, um, all right. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, sure. Hope your headache clears up. Hope the smoke clears up. Hope everything clears up. All right. Uh, talk to you guys when I'm back in LA once I get this microphone off. Okay. Bye. That's wow. that's it. Wow. Happy memories. Yeah. <laughs> I I have new respect for for your brother. Like yeah. he had to wear a wig. Yeah. And my dad was play, the lampshade on the at the play party. the banjo yeah. at at like twelve years old. Yeah. And he had you for a sister. How that guy is walking around? <laughs> well, Dad would rope me. In, Dad would rope me into party entertaining too. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah. But you're a different story. <laughs> I, for your brother, I was uh, happy. Dave, new respect, dude. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, we love Dave. Okay, well, that's it, you guys. And um, we'll see how much of this actually I'm, survives the podcast. Yeah, and I just want to say, listening to all these voices, like listening to my sister. I'm, and Louise, it makes me miss everybody. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, I'm see sure they everybody, miss you. see everybody soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. On that note. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.